I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about the Little Rock Nine. So grab your desegregated schools. And let's get civical. Hello, everyone. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Let's Get Civical. I am Lizzie Stewart. Hanging on by a thread. Do I sound as bad as I feel? <laughs> no, I, I, I'm i Arden Walentowski, BT dubs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you do not sound as bad as you feel. I, I actually wouldn't have noticed your vocal, your, your lack of voice, I think, if you hadn't oh, said. Oh, good. Yes, and I feel like we've gotten on to record the show many a times when we have mm. both been at our wits' end with seemingly lower energy. So this may be the calm before – this may be like the high before you literally crash. Before I crash and burn. Mm-hmm. Are you telling me that it's going to get worse? I love it. I'm I just, love it. I cannot wait for you to go to bed tonight. Me too. I really want that for you. I want that for you. Take us a melatonin. 
Mm. Get some sleep. Lizzie's had a rough week. <laughs> and and so if you're wondering why my voice um, only sounds like this the whole time, it's because I am losing it. It's going, going, gone. Mm-hmm. And what better time to record an episode of a podcast than when the truly only instrument you need is failing. <laughs> it's true. We cannot physically act out our show. There's no, no camera. No, 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 no. This is all oral. It's all oral. Yeah. But nevertheless, I would never leave you guys hanging. Mm-mm. Even if, even if, even if I, uh, if it's last, it takes the last l- amount of life out of me. She gives it her all. She gives it her all. She gives it her all. She mm-hmm. leaves it all in the court, you could say. She does. I say that would have been a great intro for yes, last week's episode. Leaving it on the Leave court. Leave it on the court. Yeah. We all, I mean, you know, we often have delayed geniuses. It's true. But we are still geniuses nonetheless. 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 Genius still lives within us. Yes. But yes, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, go. Do it. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Sporty, you could say. But this week we're doing something different. You chose this episode this week. I'm so delighted. I, I, I like opened up the notes and went, oh my God, Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. This is great. I was like, there's nothing else we can or should be doing. This is an excellent yeah. topic. We have never talked about this. We've talked about things around this, but we've never talked about right. this incident. And of course, the reason why we're talking about it is because it happened in September many eons ago, mm-hmm. or like the event that this is, you know. Yeah. So today we were talking about the Little Rock Nine, just nine kids who wanted to go to school. That's it. That's that's the tagline. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to talk about them. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about them. And like Arden said, we've certainly talked around uh, definitely things in this time period. This is you know right before the civil rights move. You know, like the culmination yeah. of the civil rights movement. You know, yeah. this is definitely one of those key moments in the passing of the Civil Rights Act, and it's. The it happened in September, yeah, of 1957. So we're going to be turning back time and diving in. But before we do, do you want to talk about today's sources? Oh, I would love. uh, So one, the National Park Service. Mm, They're always, they're always, they're they're always around. They're always around. They always sneak into topics and episodes that you're like, interesting. Would not have pegged. Mm -hmm. Would not have pegged, but great. Would not have pegged. Yeah. Womenshistory.org. Love. The source we have used many a time. Many a time. Many a time. And our beloved tried and true history.com. The Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost of sources. Amen. It's amazing. Amen. Amen. Praise him. So let's start off with what happened. What happened with the Little Rock Nine? Why is this so important? So the Little Rock Nine were a group of nine black students who enrolled at formerly all-white Central High School in Little Rock, Arkansas, in September of 1957. Their attendance at the school was a test of Brown v. Board of Education, a landmark 1954 Supreme Court ruling that declared segregation in public schools unconstitutional. On September 4th, 1957, the first day of classes at Central High, Governor Orville Falbus called in the Arkansas National Guard to block 
the black student's entry into the high school. Later that month, President Dwight D. Eisenhower sent federal troops to escort the Little Rock Nine into the school. It drew national attention to the civil rights movement. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. I would say so. Yeah. When you're calling in the national, National when it literally takes the army. Right. It takes the army to get teenagers through the door to a school. Teenagers. Teenagers. We are talking to a school. 18 and under. Yep. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about segregation. Mm. In 1954, the Brown v. Board of Education Supreme Court case outlawed segregation in public education. Little Rock School District Superintendent Virgil Blossom devised a plan of gradual integration that would begin at Central High School in 1957. So they gave people full three years. Three. Full three years from the decision of the the Supreme Court decision to when they were going to- get your head around it. Right. To when they were gradually going to introduce- black kids to this all-white school, and people were still angry about it. Mm-hmm. The school board called for volunteers from all-black Dunbar Junior High and Horace Mann High School to attend Central. So they're, they're, they're like, who, want, who, who wants to come try this sure. out? Who wants to come try this out? <laughs> Any takers? Prospective students were told they would not be able to participate in extracurricular activities if they transferred to Central, such as football, basketball, or choir. Many of their parents were threatened with losing their jobs, and some students decided to stay at their own schools. Sure. Of course. This isn't a good sell. Right. No, I can't do anything but go to class, and my parents are going to lose their jobs. I'll stay. I'll stay. I'll stay. And and it's going to take federal troops to get me into the door right i mean it's all fear tactics though right like you know like god like thank god for these nine students who did have the courage to walk through the door because it's like yep otherwise white supremacy would have won in this case Mm -hmm. like this is such a yeah such a clear a clear case of trying to intimidate yep also i will say a great companion piece is our episode on brown v vortebet Board of Education. We did a full Supreme Court like analyzation of this decision. So go and listen to that. Yep. So just some a few quotes from the students who were going through this at the time. So this one is from Carlotta Walls Lanier. Quote Blossom, who was the superintendent who's devising this integration plan over time, three years after the court case. Blossom said. You are not able to go to the football games or basketball games. You're not going to be able to participate in the choir or drama club or be on the track team. You can't go to the prom. There were more can-nots. So this, yeah, of course there is. Yeah, of course. So the student who's listening is like, do I want to have a fun, normal high school experience? Right. Or do I want to give that all up and basically be an outsider and deal with... Not- like bullying yeah. and scorn and attacks every day. Yeah. And it's like even more so than an outsider. Like this is a huge threat to mm-hmm. safety. Oh, absolutely. Like, this is the truly physical safety is at risk here. Yep. You know, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to call you mean names. It's like no. people. They're going to beat you up. Wanted them physically harmed. Right. Yeah. For daring to go to school. 
So another quote from one of the one of the students, Minnie Jean Brown said to Look Magazine in June on June twenty fourth, nineteen fifty eight. So this is the end of the school end of the first school year. Mm-hmm. She said, quote, when my 10th grade teacher in our Negro school said there was a possibility of integration, I signed up. We all felt good. We knew that Central High School had so many more courses and dramatics and speech and tennis courts in a big, beautiful stadium. So they signed up thinking maybe they would get to have access to this stuff because. Sure. Because. Well, sure. It- I mean, you're, it's a difference between, fu- I mean, like funding, right? Like right. basically that's that's them being like, we finally have an opportunity right. to go to a school where there's great funding, not only in extracurriculars, which of course they can't participate in, right. but also in the actual classes that mm-hmm. they're taking. Like right. it's giving these kids a shot at a, at a future that they may have not had because – the the segregated schools for the black students were so underfunded like it was it's ludicrous the difference in quality of education quality of of environment Mm -hmm. um support support yeah Yeah. so you know these are kids who just wanted a better education like a better experience yeah that they had a right to that they did have a sort of legal right to you could say they had a right to so let's talk about organizing the Little Rock Nine. So Brown v. Board happens. It's segregation in public schools is no more. How did we get from there to nine students? In the spring of 1957, there were 517 Black students who lived in the Central High School District. 80 expressed an interest in attending Central in the fall and they were interviewed by the Little Rock School Board, which narrowed the number down to 17. So 80 to 17. Mm-hmm. Eight of those 17 students later decided to remain at All Black Horace Mann High School, leaving the Little Rock Nine to forge their way into Little Rock's premier high school. So yeah. the number nine really is kind of arbitrary. It's like who was left after, yeah. you know the interview process, and then also the students themselves considering if they wanted to move forward with this, which like choosing not to totally get. Totally valid. Yeah. Yeah. Full on half of them were like, no, thank you. Right. Despite the virtuent opposition, nine students registered to be the first African-Americans to attend Central High School. And those nine were Minnie Jean Brown, Elizabeth Eckford, Ernest Green, Thelma Mothershed, Melba Patillo, Gloria Ray, Terrence Roberts, Jefferson Thomas, and Carlotta Walls. They had been recruited by Daisy Gaston Bates, who is the president of the Arkansas NAACP and co-publisher of the Arkansas State Press, which was an influential African-American newspaper. Daisy Bates and others from the Arkansas NAACP carefully vetted the group of students and determined they all possessed the strength and determination to face the resistance they would encounter. In the weeks prior to the start of the new school year, the students participated in intensive counseling sessions, guiding them on what to expect once classes began and how to respond to anticipated hostile situations. Like, how sad. How sad. How sad is this? Of like I'm, having to do pre-therapy. Right. To deal with other people's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, let's do simulations. Right. On the, on the other hand, I'm glad. Well, I mean, yeah, like because they you had, have to be prepared. Right. I mean, could you imagine if they had sent them in without any preparation? Yeah. But also, yes. Here's some pre-therapy so that when other people try to physically and verbally attack you, you can... You have tools. You have tools, right. Not even defend yourself, but you have tools to no. deal with it. To, like, cope. Yeah. Daisy Bates took on the responsibility of preparing the Little Rock Nine for the violence and intimidation they would face inside and outside of the school. She taught the students nonviolent tactics and even became actively involved with Central High School's parent organization. When the students were barred from entering the school the first time, Bates created a strategy to protect them from protesters. On September 2nd, Governor Orville Faubus, which, like, let's talk about the name Orville mm-hmm. Faubus. Mm-hmm. That- There's nothing more Southern than that. Orville? Mm-hmm. Faubus? Yeah. I can't think of a name that screams, my parents hate me more than Orville Faubus. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh-huh. So on September 2nd, Orville, <laughs> who was a staunch segregationist, called out the Arkansas National Guard to surround Central High School and prevent integration, ostensibly to prevent the bloodshed he claimed desegregation would cause he's like i'm saving lives right. i'm protecting the children they're gonna kill them mm-hmm. on the next day judge davies ordered integrated classes to begin on september 4th yeah. so like orville has his like it was supposed to happen on september 2nd yeah orville comes in with the national garden is like mm, there will be blood i mean which is you know him just being a racist and then a judge comes in and is like, um, no, no, oh. <laughs> this is moving forward. Mm-hmm. New date, September 4th. September 4th. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. So on September 4th, just 24 hours after a federal judge ordered the Little Rock Nine to begin attending Central High immediately, a belligerent mob along with the National Guard again prevented the teens from entering the school. Wait, I'm so Belliger- sorry. Like, I, I love the belligerent mom. Oh, yes. I mean, I don't love her, obviously. Like, she no. can rot in hell. But the idea of, like, n- the National Guard and this single belligerent mother. <laughs> right. Prevented Belli- this. A belligerent mob, Reed, instead should be... Oh, mob. I thought you said mom. <laughs> oh, I was like, I'm, I think there was more than one, but sh- I'm sure there were mothers. Absolutely. I there literally were heard mom, like M-O-M mom. I was like, this one mom. <laughs> this one mom. Just the one mom. Just kidding. Oh Sorry. Remember, I'm hanging on by threats. A belligerent oh. mob, that makes more sense. Yes. Like M-O-B as yes. in the mob. Mob, not mob. Mob. Not a Perfect. mop that you clean with I, and not I a am mom. I also reading the notes. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yes, a belligerent mob, also known as a bunch of hateful people who didn't want to see these kids go to school, mm-hmm. along with the National Guard, prevented the teens from entering the school. The Little Rock Nine arrived for the first day of school at Central High on September 4th, 1957. Eight arrived together, driven by Bates, the woman who from the NAACP who had organized them. Elizabeth Eckford's family, however, did not have a telephone, and Bates could not reach her to let her know of the carpool plans. Therefore, Eckford arrived alone. Mm. Yeah. Could you imagine? She was like, I guess I go in. I guess I'm going to go in. (laughs) One of the most enduring images from this day is a photograph of Eckford alone with a notebook in her hand, stoically approaching the school as a crowd of hostile and screaming white students and adults surround her. Yeah, that's the image. Mm -hmm. That is the the image. image. Mm -hmm. Eckford later recalled that one of the women spat on her. The image was printed and broadcast widely in the United States and abroad, bringing the Little Rock controversy to national and international attention. Yeah, as it should be. Hello. The power of a photograph, man. Yeah. It's real. It's real. 16 days later, a federal judge ordered the National Guard removed. Once again, on September 23rd, the Little Rock Nine attempted to enter the school. Though escorted by Little Rock police into a side door, another angry crowd gathered and tried to rush into Central High School. I just... Like, imagine having to do this not once, not twice, not three times, four Four times. times. They had to face this four times. It's, it's, It's wild. It's wild. Wild. A group of white adults. Adults. People who should be... Like, don't you have anything better to do? Don't you have jobs? Don't you have things no. to do around that? Like, why do you care? Like, what, I mean, what do you think is going to happen? These, like, these students and their parents are not causing any problems. Hates They're a powerful thing. They're literally just there. You're the one being aggressive. Yes, correct. 
On September 24, 1957, President Dwight D. Eisenhower ordered units of the U.S. Army's 151st Airborne Division, known as the Screaming Eagles, into Little Rock and federalized the Arkansas National Guard. Yes! Step in! Yeah. He was like, fuck this. Mm-mm. You now work for me. You That's what he said. Me. You no longer work for Orville. Fuck you work Orville. for De Eisenhower. Mm-hmm. De Eisenhower. De Eisenhower. <laughs> <laughs> I am at, even at my worst very funny you're very you're at, at your worst you're still at your best in a televised speech delivered to the nation President Eisenhower stated quote mob rule cannot be allowed to override the decisions of the courts yes full stop yes that's yes the whole that's the whole thing yes fearing for the lives of the nine students school officials sent the teens home they did, however, manage to attend classes for about three hours. Sure. At least they got in the building. At least they time. got in the building. They got to go to class. I, I mean, could you even remember anything you learned that day? If literally the president, you're, you're there because the president has said, let's bring in the army. Mm-hmm. President, the president's like, hold my beer. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not joking around. No. Finally, on September 25th, 1957, following a plea from Little Rock's mayor, Woodrow Mann, President Dwight Eisenhower federalized the National Guard and sent U.S. troops to the scene. Personally guarded by soldiers from the National Guard and the Army's 151st Airborne, the Little Rock Nine began regular classes at Central High. The Little Rock Nine had assigned guards to walk them from class to class, the guards could not accompany the students inside the classrooms, bathrooms, or locker rooms. They would stand outside the classrooms during class time. In spite of this, the Little Rock Nine endured verbal and physical attacks from some of their classmates throughout the school year. Yeah, because kids are fucking... A, kids are kids and they're <laughs> stupid. And also, these people clearly are... You know, I mean, white racist and don't want them there. Are, of course, they're going to be verbally attacked. Yeah. And like the angry mob is obviously a mix of like community members, but mm -hmm. it's also a lot of parents. And it's yep. like the apple doesn't far, well, fall far from the tree. And when exactly. you're seeing and you have normalized behavior of an angry mob because right. black students are trying to attend school. Right. You learn that that's beha that behavior is behavior. acceptable. Exactly. If and you, you see and, and you will be. Uh, lauded by your parents right. for behaving that way. Right. If you see your mother out there or your father. Your angry mom. And your angry guard. mom coming at a bunch of teenagers who are your same age, of course you're going to think it's okay to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Although some white students tried to help, few white students befriended any of the nine. Those who did received similar treatment as the Little Rock Nine, such as hate mail and threats. Sure. Yeah. One of the Little Rock Nine, Minnie Jean Brown, was suspended in December for dropping chili on some boys after they refused to let her pass to her seat in the cafeteria. She was later expelled in February 1958 for calling a girl who had hit her with a purse, quote, white trash. After Brown's expulsion, students passed around cards that read, quote, one down, eight to go. I'm with Minnie Jean. I know. White trash, honey. White trash. White trash. 
Brown finished high school at New Lincoln School in New York City while living with Dr. Kenneth and Mammy Clark. The Clarks were social psychologists whose Dahl's test work demonstrated for the Supreme Court in Brown that racial prejudice and segregation caused African-American children to develop a sense of inferiority. So it's this weird, like, full circle Yeah. Moment. Wait, do, you, do you know the Dahl test? No. The Dahl test is um, they showed... They had a bunch of baby dolls of like various colors, like black, brown, white. Yeah. And they showed, they showed them to white kids too, but you know, separately because it was like a scientific test, but they showed the dolls to different kids and the black children that they showed the dolls to, they would say like, um, you know, show me a good baby and they would pick the the white babies and show me a bad baby and they'd pick the black babies. Yeah. Yeah. I do now that you're saying this, yes, I do know the dolls test. Yeah. But how how wild that these the people who did that research and who presented that in Brown v. Board are the ones who end up taking housing girl. Yes. Minnie Jean Brown. Yeah. Who was one of the first beneficiaries of yeah. a desegregated school. It's just right. like we love a full circle. We love mm-hmm. a full circle. Mm-hmm. So Minnie Jean goes to New York to get her high school education. The remaining eight students completed the school year at Central. Senior Ernest Green was the first African-American student to graduate from Central High School. The following year, the city's high schools were closed to prevent further desegregation. It is insane, the lengths. So the length, the length, so fucking petty. Because do you know who else doesn't get to go to school? Your white kids. I know. Like what I'm the like, fuck they would are you doing? The school before they would let this happen. It's insane. Insane. So they closed the schools to prevent further desegregation, while the NAACP continued to pursue the legal case to integrate Little Rock schools. When the schools reopened, Carlotta Walls and Jefferson Thomas, who are one of the original central, um, who are one of the original Little Rock Nine, mm-hmm. returned to Central and graduated in 1960. Thelma Mothershed received her diploma from Central High School by taking correspondence courses to complete her studies. The rest of the Little Rock Nine completed their high school educations at different schools. The Little Rock Nine have received numerous accolades and awards from the renowned NAACP Spingarn Medal to the nation's highest civilian honor, the Congressional Gold Medal. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah. now at this point, I mean, <laughs> you know, they're heroes, but at the time. Right. No, they, they were. Had to endure crazy brutality and to what, get an education. To get an education. And what a, what a thing to be a hero for or to be known for doing is that you right. withstood racist and degrading verbal and physical abuse and yeah. ment- mental abuse and manipulation at on, 16 at 16 from from your peers mm-hmm. and from adults and from yeah. the government <laughs> like Jesus. the literal governor you could say mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's an absolutely like wild What's wild about it is that, like, people are still alive Mm -hmm. from this time period. Yep. 
You know, it's, you know, it's one of those things that I feel like we like to uh, kid ourselves and be like, oh, my God, different time. I mean, it was. Right, right, But it's like it's not. It's not that far. It's not like it was that long ago. No, and it's not that far removed from some of the things that we would see now. And, you know, like uh, January 6th was last year. Sure. You know, like angry mob. Can't have mob rule. If Mm -mm. you're, let let me just put this out there. An angry mob rarely succeeds. Like (laughs) long term. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Agreed. A smart mob. Now there's something. An even keeled mob. Yes. Maybe known as as a protest. Could be known as a protest. Could be known as a peaceful protest, mm-hmm. which case go off. Mm-hmm. But you can't, you can't be, you can't be cat throwing stones, if you will. No. But anywho, that is the that's our episode on the Little Rock Nine. Great episode. Great notes, Arden, as always. Thank you so much. And to our sweet, sweet listeners, we love you so, so much. And if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to us. We love you so, so much, and we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.